Um, we're going to carry on our series from pain to praise. And as you know, we've been going through the, the book of Habakkuk. And I'd love for you to turn there to Habakkuk chapter 3. Now we've had this, this basis of um, Habakkuk looking at chapter 1. And it's really an interaction of a prof, with a prophet. Instead of a prophet speaking to the people from what he's heard from God, it's rather a recording of the, of the prophet's interactions with God himself. And... Um, you see in chapter 1, he has seen the, the Israelites, and he's seen the sin that's coming. As you know, they're under, under captivity, and uh, they are under rule. And uh, he's just looking at seeing how the Israelites have moved so far from God and the sin uh, of the people. And Habakkuk comes to God and says, you know, can't you see this? You, you are a holy God. How can you stand this? And God answers that prayer and, and says that he is going to punish and he's going to be punishing the Israelites by bringing Babylon in. And Babylon will now come and take captivity over Israel. And uh, you see then Habakkuk kind of responding in chapter 2, into uh, chapter 1 and going to, towards chapter 2, just saying, but God, you know, you bringing these people in, look at who they are. Uh, you're using them to bring justice in. But these people are, are worse. What about the righteous? What's going to happen here? The suffering that will come. And God kind of gives his answer. And one of the, the favorite verses, and a key, such a key verse, is that uh, the righteous who live by faith. They were going to go through the suffering, but the righteous ones are the ones who live by faith, by his faith. And um, so they will follow, follow God no matter what and realize him. And God kind of talks around how he is going to bring punishment even unto the Babylonians. And how their wrath, his wrath is going to be far greater than this. And so he's, Habakkuk has got such a concern for his nation. But he's got a concern for what, what his nation is not doing. And they're not being holy. They're not being the light that God calls him to be. And he looks to the world. And the world that is just so sinful. That is so far from God. That it seems that evil triumphs and uh, that sin kind of goes unnoticed. This is where he's at. And he hears God's response and we get to chapter 3. And chapter 3 is an incredible chapter of praise. Just acknowledging who God is and what he, what he has done. That's really what it comes to. And, and uh, Habakkuk comes to this place where he's just got such a changed heart. You see, before, and I just want to move this aside because I think it's knocking here, Michael. That's better. Um, so he comes to this place and he, he just comes as, as not having a change in circumstances. The situation hasn't changed. Um, in fact, there's been a debate whether chapter 3 is really part or the timeline of chapter 3, you know, because it just seems so different. But when you really understand the full context, you see how chapter 3 fits in. There's no change in the circumstances yet, but he comes as a changed person. Because he has heard from God. He is connected, he's wrestled with God to a place that brings him to worship. That's where he comes to. Now, I don't know, and I've titled tonight, when I don't feel like worshiping. I know there's some moments when I go through that. Oh, pastor says that. But sometimes you do. 
Sometimes I feel so distant from God. So Sometimes I'm so burdened by what is not going on in the church and so burdened of what is going on in the world. And how the church seems to be slipping into that. Come to a place where I sometimes just feel so tired and just saying, God, I can't carry on. Now I know that um, Pastor Paul had an incredible message this morning around this. And, and um, I know that, that with COVID, with the lockdowns, with so many things going on, I know people are just tired. It just seems like we, we've got change fatigue. We've got decision fatigue. We're just tired. Going on. And maybe spiritually you just feel that that place where you're just dry and saying, God, I can't feel like I can worship you at the moment. God, I can't do this at the moment. I can't go on anymore. Have you seen what is going on? Have you seen what's happening? Have you seen what's taking place as we go through such grief? And it's not just grief of loss of loved ones, but it's the grief on the graduation we never had. It's grief on the matric dance we never had. It's the sports that we've not been able to play. It's the economy, the struggles in business, and the grief of loss of plans and purpose, in a sense. And we come to that place, and I feel like I just can't go on. Have you been there? Well, tonight, Habakkuk is such an inspiration. Because as we go through chapter 1 and chapter 2, he brings it to God. And I want to encourage you to come to God if you feel like this. To wrestle with God, to wrestle with that sin that maybe has you trapped, to wrestle with that grief, to wrestle with that unforgiveness, to wrestle with so many of these different things, but to come to God and to hear from Him, to hear His Word. Habakkuk listens to the Word of God and he responds to the Word of God. And we need to get to that place. And I want to encourage you to do that, to get to who God is. But chapter 3 kind of gives us some guidelines as when we don't feel like worshiping. And he starts in verse 1 of chapter 3. He starts here saying, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on, on Shigunath. So that's kind of meaning that this is a prayer of praise. We're not too sure. It's, it's kind of like a psalm that's taking place here. Um, that's written, that the format is so different. It would be a, a song the nation would kind of sing uh, as you would go through Psalms itself. It's, it's in that same format. It's this prayer in anguish, a prayer that he's praying without changed circumstances, but a prayer with a changed heart. And he comes to the Lord. And he starts, and I think verse 2 is so key. And this in verse 2 is the only thing he kind of requests. He requests two things here. It says, Lord, I have heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. So God, carry on working as you've worked. This is what he's saying. In our time, make them known. And in wrath, remember mercy. Acknowledging God is going to come with judgment. And in his judgment, can he bring mercy? And so I want to jump. The first thing we need to do when we don't feel like worshiping is to remember who he is. It's to remember who God is. It's to remember his. He says here, Lord, I have heard of your fame. 
Lord, I'm aware of who you are. And I stand in awe of your deeds. Here's chapter 2 and what God is going to do with such incredible power. How he can control a nation. And his only response is to say, God, whoa, I'm in awe of you. What's this awe? I've got to be still before you. God, I can't respond. I don't know what to say because of who you are, what you're capable of, of, what you can do. Lord, I just acknowledge you, who you are. When we don't feel like worshiping, we really need to remember who God is. See, sometimes we make our God, uh, we, we say that he's the capital G in our lives, but often we act like he's the small g. In our lives. Because we forget who he is. We serve the God who he has created. From his very mouth speaks things into being. The very God who chose to die on the cross for us. As we will celebrate just now. We serve that God. The God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. That is who he is. And Habakkuk has remembered his fame. This is who God is. Are you at that place? Are you at that place where you so have wrestled with God and you've heard him from his word that you get to that place with a changed heart? Not coming as Habakkuk the prophet. Not coming as the person that's just worried about the world. But Habakkuk himself. Saying, God, I'm in awe of you, who you are. We need to make God the capital G, God, in our lives. We need to respond to him as the greatest, as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That's who we respond. See, when we go through these difficult times, when we go through these hardships, when we go through these places where we feel like we just can't go on, we can't do this anymore, we can't, we can't go on, we respond to him as, oh Lord, God, you are stronger than my weakness. You're greater than my strength. You are more powerful, oh Lord. You have done so much. Your grace didn't say, I'm going to die on the cross so that you may have up to a certain point. But you need to kind of get to 50% before I respond to you. But a God who died and died for us, not in response of what we've done, but simply because of who he is. He gave his all. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. May I stand in awe of who you are, of your fame. He goes on and says about the works, and he uses this word renew. Renew them in our day. The renew here is, is just change. It's the revival. Revive our love for you. Revive our passion for you. May we see you being glorified. Renew, O oh Lord. And so this brings us to our second point. Remember who he is, but remember what God has done and is doing. 
Remember what God has done and is doing. It says, I remember your works. And if we go and jump from verse 4 all the way through to 15, you'll see about how Habakkuk is talking about his glory, who God is. And we'll read it now, but as we read it, just be reminded of so many Old Testament stories just in this small number of verses. There's the mention of the plagues, the reminder, a lot of it based on the fact that God brought them out of Egypt. The reminder of the ten plagues that came. The reminder of the fact that God can, can bring about death, destruction. It brings that judgment around there. A reminder of Joshua needing the sun to stay up for a bit, just so we don't have this cold period in the night. No. Because he needed more time for the battle and the victory, and God calls the sun to stand still. Kind of basis. And so he brings this out, and he, he reminds the people about this. He reminds the people of the time that the mountain shook as God gave the, the word, the law, the testaments, I mean the, the commandments to Moses. A reminder how the smoke covered the, the, the cloud, covered the mountains. And the people trembled with the trumpets as God, God spoke. And so he reminds them this. He reminds them of what he had done to the Nile through the plague. He reminds them of, of causing the Jordan to dry up. He reminds them of that. The flood that comes through. So many of these things he reminds and says, God, this is who you are. So let's read from verse 4. His splendor is like the sunrise. Rays flash from his hand where his power is hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed in his steps. He stood and shook the earth and he looked and the nations trembled. The ancient mountains crumbled and the old age hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. I saw the tents of Keshach in distress and the dwellings of Midia in anguish. You were angry with, or were you angry with the rivers, O Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horse and chariots, your horses and uh, uh, rode with your horses, and you were in your victorious uh, chariots? You uncovered your bow and called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers and the mountains. You saw, um, saw you and uh, withered. Torrents of water swept by, and the deep roared and lifted up its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens, and the glint of your flying arrows, and the lightning of your flashing spears. In wrath you strode uh, through the earth, and in your anger you thrashed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness, and you stripped him from head to foot. With his, own, uh, with his own spear, you pierced his head. When, uh, when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloat, gloated as though about to devour, you wretched those who were, uh, who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. God has done so much. So we remember God's works and what God is doing. Don't you love this, the fact that he talks about kind of the reminder of God's awe and who he is. He talks about the fact that God is unhiding, this, this incredible, that God is powerful. And God doesn't always reveal his full power. Um, because what could we face? What could we do if God revealed his full power? As we love the sun, 
as we have to explain to those that are from England what the sun looks like. Um, isn't it incredible the sun rays, the, the beautiful things? When my family comes out from the UK, um, they become like pink lobsters. Um, they become sun, sun worshippers. They like first opportunity in the morning, they're gathered out in the sun. And it's quite ridiculous because by the time they go back to the UK, they've got scarves and beanies on and all you can see is a suntan that's like this. Um, but they do that. And I love it. And they're incredible just our nature. But we forget that the sun is an incredible gas ball of fire that we cannot go near. We cannot know its full power and survive. God is all powerful. This is what it's saying. Hiding back his power in his hands, the flesh. And he comes and reminds us of these plagues, this destruction that would have come. The sun holding up for Joshua. So many different things that God has done. And he's, he's kind of just reminding and just saying, God, this is what you've done. I've remembered your fame. I've remembered all these things you've done. Now, to explain this, we always look at tenses um, in this. The King James Version, the NIV, the ESV, have put this in past tense, God is doing. Uh, and they're right to do that. Um, but the tense here is actually what, what's known as perfect tense. And perfect tense is that it's neither past, present, or future. You can't just kind of box it in. So it would be like saying, um, I have gone to deposit money in my bank. Past tense, I have gone to deposit money in my bank. But it's that security that I've done the money in the bank, put the money in the bank. There's the money is presently in the bank. And there's the security that it's in the bank tomorrow. Impacting future, present, past. A uh, future, present, and past. I was going to use this illustration with saying I've paid my electricity bill. Past tense. I should have electricity. I have electricity. I've had electricity. I have electricity. And tomorrow, I, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> okay. Brings us security. Now, why am I saying this? Because I wanted to say to you that God has worked. God has done incredible things that display his glory, his wonder, his power, and who he is. And God is going to display his glory, his power, and his future. That's what he's going to do. The big work here and the reminder really around Egypt, how God, the Israelites, couldn't get out of Egypt. There was no way unless God revealed his power and who he is, or God intervened, there's no ways they would have left Egypt. God had to intervene. The reminder that God intervened. The reminder here for Habakkuk that Babylon is coming. That they're going to go into captivity. But God is going to judge. So God is at work today. As he is at work tomorrow. You may feel so distant from God right now. You may feel so finished. But I want to tell you that God hasn't stopped working in your life. As he is tomorrow. As he has done in the past. God is still at work work you may feel so distant from him you may feel at a place where you've wrestled with sin where you've struggled that you're a place in saying god i can't go on i can't do this anymore i can't face this i just can't worship you i just can't i want to tell you 
that God is still working in your life tonight. And God is still revealing who he is. Through these verses, a few things that kind of highlights. Not only does it show that God's glory is going to know. It has come, has is been displayed, and will be displayed. But it shows us that God can overcome obstacles that we can't. Notice how nature responds to God first. The mountains wither. The rivers rage. He divides. He does this. You notice that? That so often before the nature that was made in his image responds, the earthly nature responds. The quakes, this power of who he is comes through here. And then we see the nations weary. I saw the tents of Kashuni in distress. The dwellings of many are in anguish. Why? Where he talks about these mountains is, is kind of the, the um, going towards Palestine in those days. Where Palestine was. And, and the mountains, probably towards Mount Sinai. And in the deserts, I saw God coming from this side. And I saw the mountains quake as, as we were reminded in Exodus that that mountain quaked. When God gave his law, that who he is, the holy Lord, that it comes here. But we see these various things, the mountains, all of this kind of being split and flattened. Very things that would be obstacles in our days. Anyone ever tried to walk the Drakensberg in a day? My, uh, uh, my sister-in-law's husband convinced us to go for a walk in the, in the Drakensberg. It would be quick, he said. Yo. <laughs> I got to a certain place and I said, buddy, you can carry on climbing that thing. I'm sitting here waiting for you. <laughs> That's where I, where I got to. The obstacles, the struggles, the wrestle it would have been. Look how God just, and it flattens. It withers before him. Notice the very things we wrestle. The struggles we have. And what in comfort for Habakkuk to bring to praise and worship. Because Babylon was going to bring suffering. Oh man, it was. Hardships were about to come. And we're already there. People were far from him. And the things that burdened his heart. But God was able to overcome. What are you struggling through with? God is able to overcome. For he is the everlasting, as it says. He is all-powerful, and His glory counts. And so we remember who God is. Remember what God has done and what He is doing. You remember how God has worked in your life? Remember His faithfulness? It may have been that summer camp moment or the holiday club moment. It may have been that time where you were incredible burden and you saw God's hand. Have you remembered those? I want to encourage you to just remind, remind yourself of God's faithfulness. What he's done. Remember that. Because God is still at work in your life. So remember who God is. We remember what God has done and is doing. And then lastly, we remember God's mercy. Habakkuk asks and says, God, as you're judging, as you're aware... Not only may, we, may you know your works be done, but in wrath, so in judgment as you bring about these things, 
please remember your mercy. So as you come for the firstborn in, in Egypt, and as we put the, the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, remember your mercy. This mercy is not saying, God, we, not, we don't deserve judgment. We're not like them. It's saying, God, sure, we're caught up in this too. God, we've messed up in this too. And what is he saying here? He's saying, remember your love. Remember your very nature in that judgment. Remember who you are. Remember your mercy. That mercy has to come from him and only him. Not something we can do. And the reminder goes on and it says that in verse 12, In wrath you strode through the earth and in your anger you threshed the nations. So in this wrath that he brings, and as you bring, as you stride in with this judgment, you remember the nations. You came out to deliver your people. Verse 13. That's the example of God's mercy. So why am I saying this? Well, I know that I've messed up. And sometimes with the very thing that wrestles and, and stops me from getting to a place of wanting to worship God. Is that sometimes I've been so caught up in sin. Where I've been so caught up thinking I failed you Lord. I, I've been lazy in ministry. I've not used the opportunities that you've given me. God I could have done better. I could have been better. And I get to that place and I, and I just want to kind of just stop and say God I just can't go. And I've, I've messed up. How can you still call me your child? And you know what God does? He shows mercy in his wrath when we deserve judgment when we deserve to be wiped out as the nations he shows his love for us remember God has loved you the example of his mercy is the fact that he took our place on the cross let's not forget that and so when we come in to worship a God, a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, everlasting, a God who displays who he is through his glory and the way he works, we also remember that his incredible mercy. Now Habakkuk says, renew them in our day. This is almost a call for revival here. Renew them in this day. It's a call for revival saying, God, let your works be known. Let your glory be known again. See, the revival starts with God coming to him. Let us, when we don't feel like worship, come to him. Let it go into our hearts. And I pray that we would have hearts like Habakkuk that are so concerned of what's not happening in the church and what is happening in the world. May we have that. To the point that we're saying, God, start those works in me. Remind me of those works. Remind me of what you're doing. Renew in me. So that we can see your revival in our nation. That we know your glory. That's what it's saying. So when we don't feel like worshipping, remember who God is. Remember what he's done. And mostly, remember his great mercy. For God is doing something in your life. Praise Him. Oh God, I just thank you for who you are. I pray 
Lord, I know that we at points where we sometimes get up, caught up in emotion and we don't feel like the, we don't have the emotion to kind of get up or to do things. Lord, sometimes we're caught up just so overwhelmed with the circumstances and the positions we're in. We may be at a place where we just feel such pain. Lord, won't you turn that to praise? Won't you help us to worship you? Won't you help us to really just continuously acknowledge who you are and what you have done? Oh, Father God, just work in us. Thank you for your great mercy. I pray for those that feel so far from you. We have such a desire just to be still before you. Just to remember how great you are. And to know that despite of us, you're at work. Thank you, Father, for that. So help us. Help us in in the church to see a renewed heart that is after you. To see a nation through your church that is impacted. That is back as a nation that acknowledges you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The everlasting. And so we really just pray this. In your precious name. Amen.